Welcome to Fresh Take, your favorite weekly podcast that delivers a healthy dose of information pertaining to healthy lifestyles, organic and sustainable agriculture, and numerous topics related to the environment. Thanks for tuning in. Our industry experts are here to provide you with a fresh take on topics that can help you optimize your lifestyle and well-being. Hello, everyone. This is Juan Carlos Rodriguez with Fresh State Podcast. I'm very delighted to be your host today. I'm going to be talking about a really interesting topic, and we have a very special guest. The name of our episode today is Sacred Gardens Gardening for Meditation Podcast. With us today is Gabriela Maruski. She is someone that Fog has known for many, many years. She used to be the owner of Paradise Farms. She's now a consultant, and we're very happy to have Gabriela today with us. Thank you, Juan Carlos. It's a, it's, a, it's a pleasure to be here, and it's so wonderful to circle back around to spend some time with an organization that I've so enjoyed working with since I started my farm in 1999 and sold it in 2017, and now that we get to continue our dialogue and conversation, and thank you so much for this opportunity. We certainly love having you. And, and over the years, as you mentioned, you know, we've been closely involved in many other projects and participated in some you know, lectures. And this is usually a topic that we discuss, how to use gardening or agriculture, and in this specific case, sometimes organic, and how that can also, besides providing you know, healthy food, help people in, in, in many, many ways. Uh, and you are an expert when it comes to this sort of thing. And uh, we were wondering if maybe you can tell us a little bit about that experience and what motivated you to get into the, uh, the sacred gardens and meditation. Well, my first introduction to, I guess I call it active meditation. And I'm, I'm one of those people that I can't sit still. And so, but I, and I have a very active mind. So I, I needed to find a way to combat that bring down as, as passive meditation does. And I first got introduced to this concept of active meditation when I walked the Camino in 2010. What they call it is a walking meditation. And it's really amazing of, of you know, after weeks and weeks and weeks of, of walking in the woods and you're in perpetual motion and you're, you become so aware of your senses because you're in your body and that awareness transcends to the world around you. What happens then is the outside world doesn't exist. Your thoughts can just flow freely and that whole process is just, I think it accomplishes the same thing in a similar way to what the passive meditation does, because your, your thoughts can flow, it's very calming. So since then, I've, I've walked and bicycled across several countries. And what I do now, since I sold the farm in, in 2017, I do you know, small scale gardening for myself. And that active meditation translates to the garden in a way of being totally present, what I find is that dialogue is, 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 is about the dialogue with the plants. It's about the dialogue of what's, what's at hand. And, and I find it's this total presence about, you know, what, what does my garden need? What, is, what are the plants saying? How I see it, it's like this, you know, this, this rhythm of activity. And I, for Mother's Day, my son and I, we, we built garden beds for me. I do a raised garden bed. And I, I primarily do a greens bed because I, I love to make smoothies from the greens. The gardening is this whole rhythm 
of self-care. And I think what we're doing physically transcends to what we're doing mentally. For example, what, what my activities are in the garden is I clear the space before I'm going to plant. And that to me is a, a metaphor for clearing my, my brain mentally. So there, that clearing happens. And then I spreading the soil or adding my compost. And so there I'm, I'm creating the structure. And that structure is what is anchors me. So that's, you know, my hands are in the dirt. I feel anchored. I feel grounded. Then I plant the seed. And I just, I love planting greens and it's, you know, very, I make that little indentation in the soil and I sprinkle the greens along that little indentation and then I gently cover them. And, and it's just this whole feeling of, of nurturing. And so I'm, I'm, you know, patting them into their little space and allowing them to be there. And, and then I'll water them in so they can really absorb the moisture and burst forth with life. And so that's that whole nurturing process that happens from paying attention to, to the planting. And then I find the more active part is weeding. And, <laughs> and weeding to me is like the best therapy because mm-hmm. you're, you're pulling out what doesn't work. And it's the same way in our lives that you know we want to weed out in our lives what isn't working. And especially when something isn't working in our lives, it's the best time to go weeding because then while we're pulling out those weeds, we're working out what's happening in our life. And it's just that process that, that works really well. And then the final stage is the harvesting, which is the whole culmination of this self-care and this nurturing of this entity, this, this garden, which is also self-nurturing. And so you know, I feel that it's, yeah, as, as you said, it's not just feeding our bodies with good organic food, but also nourishing our soul. That's a really wonderful description. And as I was listening to you explain it, I was wondering, because I'm one of those people, like many people today, I, I constantly read about people who have problems with sleep. I'm one of those people who has um, insomnia on a regular basis. So one of the things that I've read is about if you meditate, if you do things to sort of calm your nerves, not necessarily right before you go to sleep, but perhaps even throughout the day, if everything that's without you even knowing subconsciously stressing you out and someone, again, with my background in ag and and horticulture and loves gardening and plants, I'm going to start doing some of the stuff that you just mentioned. And just probably when I'm weeding and doing some of these things, it's just sort of let some of these things that keep me up at night. Because it's one of those things, just wondering now what your thoughts are about the people who have insomnia or things in their daily lives that may be stressing them out and and how the active and passive meditation can actually do wonders for them. I'm glad you mentioned that one, Carlos. And I I think that comes also into the time element is that, you know, I find I, I go check my garden first thing in the morning and water, especially if I've just planted and I want to make sure that the seeds stay moist. So then first thing in the morning, I start my day with this interaction with my garden. And then I circle back around at the end of the day. And, and then I'll, I'll water again, what I just planted, and then I'll, I'll do the maintenance and do the weeding. And I find, I find in that transition time, maybe when, you know, at the end of the workday and before dinner is a really that space of time there to be focused on the garden, to do those activities and be focused on the plants. And then of course, do some harvesting. And for me, it's, it's making up my green strength. 
it's like that time out from the day that you, again, you clear out from the day's activities, focus on what the garden needs. And that whole process of focusing on the garden is extremely calming. And I, and I want to hear back from you, Juan Carlos, so that you start that program and how that's going to affect your sleep. <laughs> well, absolutely. And I'm constantly trying to find ways that can work for me when it comes to getting a good night's sleep. Because it, it is so important, as we know, for pretty much everything without, you know, those eight, nine hours of sleep, you know, we could be harming our bodies in so many different ways. So I'm definitely going to let you know how by doing, you know, some of the things that you recommend are working for me. That's great. You've talked about passive and active forms of meditation and, and describe a little bit of the gardening already, but can you talk a bit about the types of gardens that you know, bring joy to you and perhaps other people that you know, because we got listeners, not just in Florida, let's keep in mind that we have listeners in, in many places. So Florida is wonderful because of our weather. It's hot in the summer, of course. But besides vegetables and other things, what are some of the things that you would recommend to people? Well, Again, I think, you know, that your edible garden can be uh, raised beds, and it can also be tucked into your landscaping. And so, and a combination of both. And that's, and that's what I do. And so, for example, I do my greens in the raised beds. If I have vegetables, I'll do that in a raised bed. But I love edible flowers. And flowers are the highest expression of the plant's energy. It's the highest vibrating food you could consume. And Ultimately, everything is about energy and vibration. And I just find eating flowers just does it for me. So for example, because in my garden, I'm going to focus first on my garden because I do mostly greens. So I'll just tell you what I put in, what I harvest from my garden and I put in my smoothie. And I don't do, I don't juice because I blender. So the, 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 the last harvest I did, I had pea shoots, chickweed, topsoy, parsley, arugula, mizuna, beets plus the green tops, and Swiss chard. And wow. then if I, what I purchase in is uh, blueberries and uh, green apple. And if I don't have cucumber from my garden, I have to buy a cucumber. But that's what basically goes in, into, my, into my blender. And in addition to that, I let my greens go to flower. So an arugula flower has all the punch and flavor, but the higher vibration than the leaves. It's amazing. And the Mizuna flower is, is this wonderful mustardy flavor and, and the Tatsoi flower. So I, I harvest those flowers and I put them in the blender too. And then I walk around my garden and like right now, violas are in season and the little violets. And I, I pick those violets and I put those in the blender too. And so whatever I find in my, in my garden that's edible, um, it doesn't have to actually maybe be in the beds, but goes into that blender. And, um, and it's just, I find that, you know, it's a high vibrating, good energy food and, and very healing. And so I would encourage people to, you know, let things go to flower and eat those flowers. And, and, I, and I do have a list that I can share with everyone on edible flowers also some of the healing qualities of, of edible flowers. And at the farm, when I had Paradise Farms, we had over, I have a list of 54 different varieties of edible flowers we had. Mm -hmm. And so it, it's, it's just endless and, and it's so much fun. 
And, and so, for example, I'll share with you some of the qualities of, of the flowers. So begonia encourages letting go. And it has a wonderful citrus flavor. And of course, you want to make sure it's your own begonia that's grown organically. Borage brings courage and optimism. Cilantro detoxifies the body from heavy metals. Clitoria is the energy of the divine feminine. Johnny jump ups here are the heart emotions. Nasturtium gives balance from excess mental activity. So a nasturtium is one of those flowers you wanna eat coming and going all the time when you're going in and out of your house because we all have excess mental activity. So we wanna <laughs> eat those nasturtium flowers. And sun hemp is a, you know, a cover crop, but when you let sun hemp go to seed, go to flower, it, it tastes like peas or beans. I mean, it tastes delicious, but it's also the energy of the sun, which really, you know, brightens our day. And then to me, the wild petunia is a playful pixie energy. So that's mm -hmm. just a, you know, a quick recap of just very few of the edible flowers that you can toss into your salad, into your drink, and, you know, it makes a nice presentation. They taste good too. I was just going to ask, as, as you were reading that list or, you know, providing that list to us, which we will have on our website, we typically have a page once the uh, podcast is published, uh, so people can read about this and they'll, they'll read more about some of your recommendations. So uh, I'm going to ask you for a recommendation in terms of getting back to my problem with sleep. Is there any particular flowers or some of the plants that you would recommend? Passion flower is calming. And you could make a tea from the, the passion flower. Mm -hmm. and, and that has a very calming influence. St. John's wort is considered very calming also. Just the act of doing all that and harvesting it and making your dish to eat or drink is all calming in and of itself. But yeah, on that list will be calming influence uh, herbs and, and mm -hmm. flowers that we'll post. Great. You've talked about the different types of meditation, active and passive, and, and now we've been discussing some really great, you know, recommendations on the type of plants or seeds or flowers as, as you've been describing. What about to now the uh, nitty gritty of the actual garden? Because I was at Paradise Farms a, a few times. And in fact, one of the times that I was there, you all were getting ready to uh, have this dinner. And we actually got to taste some of the salads and some of the things that were going to be served to the guests that day. And it was great. I'm wondering, how would you tell people in terms of designing their garden, what are some of the things that they should you know, keep in mind when it comes to using that garden for meditation? Well, I, I think the most important thing is to really focus on what resonates for you. And say for some people that maybe an edible garden could be a little high maintenance. And so maybe you want to focus on a pollinator garden and plant perennials for bees and butterflies and birds. And I find that, you know, I have bird feeders out 24 seven because my TV is watching the birds. And so that's also, you know, a type of meditation that comes from the plant world. So I, I feed them sunflowers, but I'm not growing my own sunflowers to feed the birds, but I could, but I do have plants in my garden, in my yard that attract birds. And so, um, so it's just really paying attention to what, what resonates for you. And another thing that you can do is you could plant cut flowers. So if you like color, lots of color and beauty, and that's low maintenance, you can plant perennial flowers and throw in some annuals. And when I do flowers, uh, cut flowers, I, you know, create my space and I, I add the soil. 
I pre-mix the seed. I mix all the seed up because I like that mixture that happens. I, I don't want to have that monoculture look in, in my yard. And so I mix all the seed into a bucket of soil and mix it all up in, the, in this bucket. And then I just toss the seed out where I'm going to plant it. And then I'm, I have this wonderful, like, you know, truly experience when, when you walk out and you go, you see all this, all of a sudden this explosion of color in your yard and your brain goes click, click, click because of all the, the beauty. And so that's like, you know, something that that's a little more low maintenance that, that provides that joy and that beauty and that, you know, observation and, you know, watching the bees and the butterflies come to the, to the flowers of, of, of those plants is, is wonderful. And also if, you know, medicinals is a whole rabbit hole of, of information to go down and maybe another uh, potential co- podcast on just the whole world of medicinals. And there's so much information on that. And, you know, there's, there's so many herbs that are anti-inflammatory, anti-cancer, anti-diabetes, and or, or can lower blood pressure. And so if, if you're interested in what the specific plants can do for the healing qualities, the whole world of medicinals is fascinating. And I do have a, um, a sheet that I'm going to share with, with all of you on that. And so it's just really, you know, if you love preparing food and cooking, you know, the whole culinary um, plants uh, are endless also. And, you know, bringing in the herbs and the vegetables and the greens and just doing a, a whole diverse culinary garden. And so there's many ways, yeah, that people can can do the garden. It's just a matter of of what resonates for you. Yeah. I would like to mention about, you know, as we're talking about starting that garden is go ahead and and, uh, one car. So I want to mention about, um, you know, when people purchasing plants or seeds, um, it's, it's, you know, of course, your organic seed. And I have a handout that lists um, some seed suppliers that are across the country who have really good quality organic seeds. And, and, and I find it so much fun to, to go through the seed catalog. You know, that's what farmers, I think, love to do is read seed catalogs. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it beats TV. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, so, you know, first is, is making sure you can get organic seed. And then secondly, if, if you can't get organic, to get untreated seed. You have to make sure you have to specify that because sometimes seed can be treated with fungicides and you, and you don't want to, you want to make sure you don't get that seed. So that's really important in, in purchasing the seed. And then also to understand if you buy plant starts that you want to make sure that, you know, in the catalogs now, the, the hot thing is heirloom and heirloom is great. And, and some of the best tomatoes are those heirloom tomatoes. I love Cherokee purple. I can eat Cherokee purple all day long. I love yellow brandy wine. And so, you know, and it's fun to, to try. One year I planted seven different varieties of tomatoes just for the fun of it, because I wanted to, you know, see what they were. And so going down the rabbit hole of heirloom tomatoes or any heirloom plant is so much fun. And Baker seed has a lot of heirloom seeds available. And then they're also, so there's the heirloom plants and then there's, there's hybrids and hybrids are where in a controlled environment, you know, two plants, uh, plants are crossed for, to, to get certain genetic traits. And we, it's okay to use, use hybrids. What we don't want to have in our garden is anything GMO. So genetically modified organisms are where a foreign substance has been, you know, spliced in and introduced into a plant. And there are unintended consequences with that. For example, in in corn, where 
they spliced in the, the Bacillus thuringiensis and to, you know, cut down on worms, but it ended up having a negative effect on monarch population. And so there are many reasons that we, we want to stay away from GMO plants. Mm-hmm. Those things are clearly labeled. And there's most of the seed companies, they're up front and say, we don't have anything GMO. So thank goodness there's that, you know, that clarity around all that. And for plant nutrition, I, I compost. I don't add any fertilizer. I just keep my compost going. And then when I'm working my garden and starting restarting the garden or adding something, I just keep adding compost to it. Yeah, no, you've done a great job just now, especially for those people that are into uh, organic gardening and seedlings. Same thing. It is a little bit more challenging when it comes to seedlings. If they're interested in buying organic seedlings, they, they would have to be buying them from a reputable source and, and someone who is certified to grow organic seedlings. But everything that you recommended, those are great for people who are really, really interested in, you know, making this part of their lifestyle. And of course, you know, as, as we have been discussing throughout the episode is also using gardening, um, you know, as a form of meditation and being able to apply it to solve so many problems that we have in our daily lives. And, and when Carlos, I would like to point out also that when people are starting the garden and they need to purchase soil, if you can get soil from a local soil supplier and just talk to them if their soil is organic and what that means, they may not be certified organic, but sometimes some companies will add a surfactant in it, which makes it not organic. Mm-hmm. So you just want to have that conversation with a soil supplier. And if you go to a big box place, uh, you know, unfortunately, and that's what you have available and you need to buy soil from a big box place, I always go by the Omri label. So many companies can be kind of loose, which they're not supposed to be with the word organic. And they, they could say, put stick organic somewhere on the label, even though it's not certified organic. Mm-hmm. And, and how you know in the retail world that something is certified organic is that they, there's the additional OMRI label, O-M-R-I, Organic Material Re- Review Institute. And that's another layer of protection for the consumer to know that that's truly organic. And to be really mindful that when you're reading labels and looking at the bags of soil, that that it's truly certified organic or has that OMRI seal, the USDA organic seal on it, or the and the OMRI seal on it to really mm-hmm. to really cover yourself. Yeah. And and one of the things I also want to talk about is you know the soil is is the most important element in your garden, I think, because that's the basis, that's the structure, and when you have a healthy soil and you are supporting your plant with with compost or or vermiposting, then you're creating a really healthy environment. And there's this whole thing called paramagnetism, which I find fascinating. And paramagnetism is saying that when plants are under stress, they send out a signal. And that signal, it says, oh my God, I'm in trouble. I don't have, I don't have food. I don't have water. I'm dying. And so then what happens is that signal goes out and then the, the whole insect world and the disease world will descend on that plant and they'll, they'll, they'll kill it. And because it's nature's way of saying, you're not healthy, you're not going to survive. We're going to like not keep you in the gene pool. And so 
by paying attention to your garden and you never want to get to the point that your plants are stressed. Do you want to keep happy, happy, healthy plants? Because in the long run, it's going to eliminate problems. Your, your plants are not going to be attracting problems. So it's just understanding that whole cycle of that, that nurturing and that care that you're giving your plants comes back to you as healthy plants that will stay in your garden until harvest time without problems, ideally. I completely agree. And one of the things that I guess we, we can relate to, you know, as, as humans is people when they are not healthy, even a cold, you know, can be a lot more challenging to deal with. So, Gabriela, this has been wonderful. It's a conversation that we can have for hours. I always enjoy talking to you and, and seeing you when, when I get a chance to see you. I'm sure that you can continue to provide a lot of really useful information and recommendation to our listeners. Thank you for that one, Carlos. I do have a website called Story Skirts. And actually, I, I design skirts that tell a story. And many of them are from my travels, and bicycling and around the world and nature photos and photos from edible flowers and greens and wildflowers. And so I do everything in a skirt. And in my skirt, they're dry fit. They're SPF 50, they are anti-wicking and, and beautiful, bright designs. So anybody can go to my website, which is storyskirts.com. And it's S-T-O-R-Y-S-K-Y-R-T-S.com. And if you uh, want to have a skirt for your gardening, I, I bicycle in my skirts, I hike in my skirts. I don't even actually own any pants, long pants. Um, so they're very comfortable and just pull on and, and easy to wear. So anybody can garden, be fashionable in your garden, wearing your gardening skirts with pictures of what could be in your garden that you're wearing, which is a lot of fun. And you can certainly reach me through through my website also. So thank you so much. For more podcast episodes, please visit our website and the Fresh Take page. Till next time, this is Juan Carlos Rodriguez with Fresh Take. Thank you. Thank you guys for listening to today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation as much as we did. As many of you already know, FOG is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization, which means we need your help to keep all of our content free to the public please consider making a tax-deductible donation today. We would really appreciate your support. 